I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast It is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. I'm your host, Mark Daly, and yes, you do have the right show. A little bit of a change this week, just changing up the intros and things like that. I've got some changes coming in the show here, and I was saying a long time ago, it was time, long overdue to change the intro to the show, and uh, I'm going to ponder on it, I'm going to think about it for a little while. We're almost at the end of the season anyways. And uh, I want to just get it uh, completely 100% uh, spot on when I, when I do go break down and spend the money and get somebody to make the new intro. So anyways, welcome to the show. Yes, no race this weekend. Still digesting what happened in Turkey last week. It was, uh, well, Formula One uh, rarely disappoints and uh, that was quite an eventful uh, Grand Prix. I mean, d- despite the fact that we've had... Uh, such a weird season this year, and I mean, you would expect it would be what with uh, the the weird year we've been just living in globally. Just uh, it's it's just been the strangest ever, of course. But uh, it really was uh, a standout race, and it was a great result. and uh, was fun to watch, and most importantly, despite all the chaos going on the track, uh, nobody uh, got hurt, and that's the, the the main thing. So let's just dive right into it. There's lots to talk about this week, as uh, there always is. And uh, we're going to start, uh, first of all, with the the, the news that uh, Total Wolf, team principal at Mercedes-Benz, says that uh, the contract talks with now seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton may have to wait until after the season is actually done. So, you know, th- that's not really too much of a surprise. And I, I really expect that this uh, deal is going to get done. I still think that uh, that Lewis, uh, well, I mean, he said last week in the um, right, right after the race uh, or a day or so afterwards, uh, he said that uh, he's just getting started in Formula One, or it feels like he's still getting started in Formula One. I mean, um, amazing to hear a guy that's seven-time world champion has uh, got so many records to his credit. Feels like uh, that there's still a lot uh, that he uh, he has left to do in the sport. So I really do think it'll get uh, done, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, waits till after the season. I mean, well, with just a couple of races left, I mean, we're going to be done in just about three and a half weeks time from now, which is a, a bit sad. I mean, uh, despite uh, all the things that have gone on away from Formula One this uh, this year, I mean, it has been a welcome uh, distraction from the, some of the realities that, uh, that we've been dealing with each and every day. Anyways, uh, Toto had to say, uh, just uh, regarding the the, the whole uh, contract situation with uh, Lewis Hamilton, quote, I think more than likely we are looking towards the end of the year. Not that we wouldn't find time for each other, but I don't want to put ourselves under pressure to say that before Bahrain or Abu Dhabi, we will announce a new contract. 
there isn't any pressure when it's done it's done end quote so there you go i i still think uh, like i say i, I think it's the third time i've said in the short segment uh, so far it's going to get done i think the last time that these um you know they, they got together to actually uh, uh do a contract uh, a couple of years ago they got it done in uh, i think it was eight or ten hours and it was uh, done in the course of a day and i really think that uh i mean of course uh, mercedes has the, the the money to pay lewis he's entitled to a big raise and i'm sure he's making a, a pretty decent paycheck uh, to begin with, but the point, uh, the, the the fact of the matter is that uh, this really is uh, something that, uh, that, that it'll get sorted. I mean, it just uh, has to has to get done at uh, at some point. But it uh, it doesn't make sense right now. I mean, there's so many other things uh, going on. Just get the season behind you and uh, look at it uh, then. Anyways, uh, Lewis just uh, talking about the possibility of uh, maybe being awarded a knighthood. He actually he says he doesn't consider himself worthy of one, and he says that there's lots of other. Uh, what he calls unsung heroes out there uh, that are much more uh, deserving of um, one of the honors that uh, that is awarded by uh, the, the the Queen in her New Year's honors list. Anyways, uh, the, the the British uh, royal family's official Twitter account uh, did post uh, something that cont- or they they posted a, a message congratulating uh, Lewis after his uh, success, and uh, I guess that uh, has sparked a little bit of a speculation that uh, that maybe Lewis is in line uh, to 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 get a knighthood or something like that at uh, at the end of the year at some point. Anyways, uh, Lewis did have uh, the following to say about it. When I think about that uh, honor, I think about the the people like my granddad who served in the war. I think about Sir Captain Tom who got knighted and waited a hundred years for that incredible honor. The people that are running the hospitals, the nurses and doctors who are saving lives during the hardest time ever. I think uh, about those unsung heroes and I don't look at myself as an unsung hero. I've not saved anybody. It's an incredible honor that a small group of people have had bestowed upon them. All I can say is standing on that podium hearing the National Anthem them, I'm very, very proud. I'm a very proud Brit, and that, as I said before, really is like the most special moment to be able to represent, to be up there representing a nation, end quote. So yeah, I mean, uh, the, the one thing that uh, that inspires, I wouldn't say inspires, but I find very, very uh, refreshing about Lewis Hamilton, despite the, all the success that he's had, and of course uh, he, he has a wonderful life away from uh, Formula One uh, that is afforded to him by the, uh, you know, the, the money he's earned in the sport. He still strikes me as a guy that is uh, fairly down to earth. I mean, uh, he, he looks uh, obviously very serious when he's out there racing. He's seems to enjoy it and he seems to enjoy the wins and the championships and everything like that and uh, like i say as when when i look at him he just really strikes me as uh, despite all the, the the glory and the honors and everything that he's achieved in the sport he really does uh, seem like a you know a fairly down to earth and for lack of a better term he seems like a bit of a regular guy to be quite honest anyways uh, lewis did have to go on uh, to say quote there's more work to do here in the sport i think this year we've had this awakening and i think people hopefully are starting to be held accountable and holding themselves accountable and realizing that that's actually not a bad thing it just means we've got to work harder we've uh, not got to be so stubborn open up our, our minds and educate ourselves a bit better so we can push for a more equal world i'm not going to stop fighting for that and then uh, part-time maybe i'll keep uh, racing for a little while end quote so well i mean lewis did say uh, that uh, he'd like to stay in formula one because uh, some of the different uh, initiatives that uh, they've launched uh, with sustain uh, sustainability and uh, diversity within formula one are, are two um, uh, 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 what do you want to call it uh, not projects uh, but uh, two areas uh, 
that that uh, that he's very uh, passionate about and uh, he wants to increase uh, awareness in and he wants to, to to get involved in that if he can use his uh, his platform or what, uh, what you know the, the the exposure that he has in formula 1 then that's something that uh, that he would uh, like to do but uh, interesting you know um, I, I mean it is true i mean not very many people uh, get awarded a, a knighthood but uh, you know fairly down to earth and i think a, a very real uh, reaction from from lewis uh, just regarding that Anyways, uh, moving on, uh, Sebastian Vettel himself, a multiple uh, world champion, doesn't have seven, but he has four, which is uh, obviously very, very impressive, said that uh, after the Turkish uh, Grand Prix, he went over to Lewis Hamilton and told him how special it was uh, to watch him uh, make uh, history and tying uh, Michael Schumacher's uh, seventh World Drivers' uh, Championship uh, last uh, Sunday. Anyways, uh, Seb uh, had to say, quote, I told him it's very special for us uh, because we can witness history being made today. I think he's the greatest uh, of our era for sure. I think it is always difficult to compare how can you possibly compare Juan Manuel Fangio or Sterling Moss to our generation you can't maybe we would be useless because uh, we would all be uh, shitting ourselves in those cars maybe they would be useless in our cars because they're way too fast who knows but it doesn't matter I think every era has its driver or its driver and Lewis certainly is the greatest of our era to me certainly emotionally Mike will also be the greatest driver but there was no doubt that Lewis is the greatest in terms of what he has achieved he's equaled the championships he's won more races he has a lot more pole positions so i think he's done everything you can ask for i think today is the best proof it's a difficult race a very difficult race to stay on track and two hours long and probably if we're honest it wasn't his race to win and he still won it so i think once again he managed to pull out something special out of the bag and therefore i think he deserves everything that he has achieved end quote very classy, uh, very sporting uh, remarks uh, from uh, Sebastian Vettel, and it is special to watch uh, records uh, being broken. And I've said uh, several times over the course of this year when it uh, was pretty obvious that Lewis was uh, going to win the championship and equal Michael Schumacher's uh, seven world championship uh, record. That was something that I never thought that I would uh, see uh, equaled. I mean, it, it really is impressive that that uh, that it's been done. And in a relatively uh, short amount of time, I mean, uh, Michael, of course, his uh, big uh, era of glory was, uh, of course, in the early 2000s when uh, Ferrari were at their absolute uh, zenith. And uh, I mean, they really were an unbeatable uh, combination. Michael Schumacher and Ferrari were just as dominant as uh, Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. That uh, really is uh, fascinating and, and interesting to watch that uh, that these two teams have had uh, such unparalleled successes in their own respective eras. In a, in a relatively short amount of time, I know we're we're, we're looking at about uh, you know twenty years, but uh, twenty years really isn't that uh, that that big of a time, in my opinion, at any rate. But uh, it, it is uh, good to see that uh, you know that these records uh, can be uh, matched and broken, and it, it really leads to the, the the question or ask the question uh, whether or not the person that that is going to equal and beat Lewis Hamilton's uh, records is that person in Formula One right now? Is that person somewhere in a junior formula? Has that person even been born? We just don't know. And I think that's the fun part about uh, motor racing, the fun part about sports, is that these records are there and it's fun to watch teams and drivers and different players, whatever the sport is, uh, to, to, to watch people set these records and and and, and do these uh, amazing things. But it's also fun. There is, I guess, uh, some enjoyment in watching the, the, the thrill of the pursuit, if you want to call it that, and watch uh, the, these equally, or in some cases, even more talented uh, athletes trying to match and catch uh, the, the, the people that have gone before them. 
as uh, as as the years uh, unfold. So I thought that was a you know very very uh, classy thing of uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, to say. But you know it was funny too. I thought another part of that quote that really stood out for me is uh, where he said it was a uh, it was a race that uh, Lewis really probably uh, <laughs> wasn't on track to win, and uh, somehow he still managed uh, to do it. I mean uh, that just goes to show you that um, not only is he a great driver in the car, I mean he's got a great car, but also on the pit wall, I mean they were able to to really make that uh you know the, those uh, judgment calls and keep them out there i mean you know, only made uh one tire stop and uh some other drivers went in there multiple times and uh could not uh do nearly as well as lewis hamilton i mean i only say thought i mean considering where he started you know several rows back from the front in a very unusual spot to see not just uh, one mercedes up uh, but two because uh bottas didn't qualify all that great as well but when you look at how the race uh, started, Lewis, you know, he, I mean, he he kind of hung back there for a little while, and it really didn't look like that uh, at some point that that race really was his. I mean, unfortunately for Lance Stroll, he had the the, the problem with the greening on the tires, and that really that really uh you know really affected his uh, chance and opportunity to win that race but uh, lewis i mean i guess you could say well some people have all the luck but that, that really doesn't give uh, credit to to the guy in the car and the people on the pit wall and uh, doing uh, looking at all the data and uh, giving him the, uh, the 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 best opportunity to win based on uh, you know the what's happening in his car and uh, happening with his tires and uh, so on all right. Well, moving along, uh, Ross Braun, of course, uh, who uh, knows Michael Schumacher very well. Of course, uh, he was uh, technical uh, director of Benetton and at uh, Ferrari. He was also uh, very, very important uh, getting Lewis Hamilton uh, to uh, Mercedes before, uh, you know, starting to work with him in the first season uh, with the team in 2013. Anyways, uh, Ross had to say, quote, massive congratulations uh, to Lewis. He showed why he's such an exceptional talent. It was a perfect demonstration of what he is, a seven-time world champion champion equaling Michael's record. It's a kind of dominance that in uh, most people's motorsport career you only see once. I've been blessed to see it twice. I've been fortunate to work with both Lewis and Michael. They are different characters, which is wonderful, and uh, you don't want metronomic characters in Formula One. Lewis is different uh, to Michael in the way that they approach things. At the core of it, they both have a God-given talent, end quote. So there you go. I mean, uh, that, that is very, very true. I mean, uh, despite the fact that, uh, that Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher are are extremely talented drivers. I mean, they, they are just really a cut above uh, everybody else, and it really just comes down to the natural talent that they uh, p- p- possess. I mean, it's something you just can't learn. It's something that you can't be taught. I mean, uh, talent is something that, uh, that that can be nurtured and uh, built upon. But, uh, you know, it, it really is interesting, too. I mean, uh, I, I can't remember. It, it's in my collection here somewhere. It was a, a book. It was written about Michael Schumacher um, by James Allen. And I'm just struggling to remember what the name of it is. But, I mean, it talks about his time in Formula One. And it, it really is interesting to uh, – to, I'll, I'll pull the, the, the title out sometime, remind you guys next week, or just go and uh, Google it yourselves. But uh, it really is interesting to, to get some of these looks uh, behind the, 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 the helmet, behind, out of the car and – just uh, how Michael Schumacher was and how he uh, he kind of grew up in motorsport and everything he did and just, uh, you know, his mindset to a lot of things. And uh, just, um, it, it is true. I mean, uh, I, and I think too, when you look at guys like Charles Leclerc and, and, and Max Verstappen, that uh, that these guys that are just, um, you know, they're the elites, the best of the best. I mean, uh, there's 20 drivers in Formula One. They're all good. 
you know, uh, I mean, despite some of the criticisms I level here and there uh, on a regular basis to some of the guys in Formula One, but I mean, they're all very talented drivers, but uh, the, you have guys in there that are clearly cut above uh, the, 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 the rest. And, you know, when you, when you think about it too, I mean, uh, I've made that comparison about uh, Charles Leclerc. I mean, you look at him a couple of years ago in his first season with Sauber Alfa Romeo and just the difference uh, between himself and his teammate uh, Marcus Erickson at the time that uh, it wasn't a great car that I believe it was the um, the C37 at the time. But I mean, he was able to get that car into Q2, get it into Q3. I mean, he has scored points with it in races. I mean, kind of, he had some struggles towards the end of the year, granted. But I mean, over the course of the entire season and 20 plus races, whatever we had uh, a couple of years ago in Charles's rookie season, was that he was consistently better than his teammate. And of course, he only lasted a year there. And then he's over to Ferrari. And uh, I mean, and I like Sebastian Vettel. I'm a fan of Sebastian Vettel. I like what he's done. I still think uh, he's got something to do. You'll prove in Formula One. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do at Aston Martin. But the thing is that uh, it, it was pretty apparent uh, straight away that, um, that that there was a difference between Charles Leclerc and uh, and Sebastian Vettel. And uh, as the season went on, progressively over the course of 2019, especially by the time we got to Monza and uh, Charles was able to hold off the double challenge from both Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas and win that race in front of all the Tifosi at uh, in Monza, really, I think that if, if there was ever any doubt left at that point as to uh, who, whose team that was, I mean, you had uh, Sebastian Vettel spinning in the very uh, opening stages of the race and collecting Lance Stroll, and then, you know, that was basically him done from uh, a point of uh, that, uh, I mean, he wasn't going to really contend for the win in that race, whereas Charles was out there leading the way for, for a long portion and, and, and came home. So, I mean, the thing is that uh, these guys, I mean, Charles, I think, is one of these guys that you can get into a car and he can just uh, drive everything to, regardless of how good or bad the car is. And I think that's very, very much uh, in in the in the uh, the, the same way that uh, like a, a Lewis Hamilton or a Michael Schumacher. They just uh, they they have this talent. They have something in them. The this this innate ability that really just uh, sets them apart from other drivers. Anyways, uh, time for a break here on the Overtime Media Network. And uh, once again, I'd like to talk to you guys about. Uh, my bookie because formula one nba nfl major league baseball late fall college ball ufc fight island whatever you're into it's clear that because 2020 has been a year unlike any other is exactly the reason why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other so get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts lightning deals and free bets await all season long and with thanksgiving turkey day right around the corner next week there really is no better time to feast on some nfl action so whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every single week. So sign up or get reloaded today, find an edge, and make your bet, and get paid. Uh, MyBookie also boasts a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the very best part is, at my bookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. So make the right play and sign up at my, today at MyBookie. And when you do, use my special promo code OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. 
It's winning season in my bookie, so come join in on all the fun and win some cash while you're at it. And when you sign up, make sure you use my special promo code OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. All right. Well, welcome back to the show and moving along. Well, not really moving along. I'm going to stick with uh, Ferrari. We're talking about uh, Sebastian Vettel and uh, his classy comments about watching uh, Lewis uh, setting history, making history last weekend. Anyways, uh, Seb feels it was a very, very important for Ferrari to actually uh, get on the podium at the Turkish uh, Grand Prix after, of course, they have had an extremely difficult uh, and, and terrible year so far. I mean, uh, Seb had a very, very good uh, race this past weekend. He got into the top three uh, very early on. And then, uh, he, well, I mean, he he started very well. Uh, he, he didn't make make it into Q3. Uh, he only qualified uh, 12th, but uh, he had uh, slipped down to fourth in the closing stages. And of course, uh, you know, his uh, his teammate, uh, Charles Leclerc, was looking like uh, he was going to lock up that, that third and final podium place and uh, made a late on the uh, lunge to try and pa- pass Sergio Perez. Couldn't make it stick. And then uh, Seb uh, benefited uh, from that. But, you know, it uh, regardless uh, if it was uh, Sebastian Vettel or Charles Leclerc, I think that it, uh, I, I echo his uh, set you know, sentiments that it was very important uh, for Ferrari to, uh, to to get on the podium. I mean, they need something to build momentum. I mean, I would love to know what uh, what was said between them and the FIA after that uh, investigation to their power unit last year. I think that uh, even though the terms of it uh, are, are secret, and I've said this uh, quite a few times, that where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, the, the fact that these cars were so, uh, you know, they're, they're lacking horsepower this year. I mean, they're underpowered compared to everyone else. And the fact that there was a lot of speculation, and, and Max Verstappen even said it uh, this time last year, that the Ferrari were out and out cheating with their power units, despite the fact that uh, they were adamant uh, that uh, that they'd uh, done or they're doing nothing wrong, that uh, you know the, the fact that they've really dropped off uh, so far is uh, you know it, it really is. I, I mean, it's speculation, of course, but it really makes you wonder. Anyways, uh, Matteo Bonato, uh, team principal of uh, Ferrari, had to say about uh, Seb's um, uh, podium at the Turkish Grand Prix, quote, I'm very pleased for Sebastian. I think a podium for him is very important. It has been a difficult season for him. I think he has started being, at least uh, now at the end of the season, more comfortable with the car. He's driving better. He had a very good start, very consistent with good pace. He was managing the tires, managing to keep the positions and holding the positions. And overall, even on the last lap, he did well because he took the opportunity and it's great for him. He just finished third, very close to a Perez, but great. I'm happy for him. Still three races and hopefully we will do as well in the next one. End quote. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, it was important for Ferrari, but I think also for Sebastian Vettel. I mean, he's had, I wouldn't just say that this year has been a difficult year, but also last year as well. I mean, we saw the uh, the order, the, the the hierarchy at Ferrari flipped on its head uh, last year, and uh, I mean he he's been really stuck in a rut, and I think it's a uh, difficult and uh, and a bit of a shock. I think that uh, that that he wasn't uh, offered a new co- uh, contract at uh, Ferrari. I think the move to Racing Point slash Aston Martin, I think, will be a good one. I, I think that uh, Sebastian, I still think he's got uh, quite a bit uh, left in him. I think he he obviously uh, has uh, something uh, still to prove. In 
in Formula One. It's disappointing for him, obviously, that uh, that he hasn't been able to to, to win a championship uh, with uh, Ferrari. I mean, he came very, very close. 2018 was the year that uh, if he was going to win a championship the, the, at all with uh, Ferrari, 2018 was the year that it was going to happen. Even though by the end of the year, I mean, uh, Lewis had firmly uh, cemented that. And I mean, the gap wasn't as close as it was. But I mean, for, for a good portion of the year, I mean, that was uh, Sebastian's uh, uh, championship. I mean, he was leading it for a while. I mean, he was very close, uh, closely matched uh, to, to Lewis Hamilton, and even after the uh, the, the the victory he had at Spa Francorchamps after the um, uh, after the summer break, still looking good. It wasn't until uh, Monza that year we had a coming together with Lewis uh, on the opening lap, and then struggled throughout that uh, that last quarter ish of the season. But uh, he still has a, a, a lot, to, a lot to give in Formula One, and I think uh, what uh, Benotto was saying is uh, is absolutely spot on. I mean, as important it was for the team, definitely important uh, for Sebastian Vettel to get that uh, that podium. Anyway, he says, sticking with the Ferrari, Seb says that uh, Charles Leclerc shouldn't be uh, angry about uh, what he called an irrelevant uh, podium miss. Uh, you know, it, it was, uh, <laughs> I, I won't read it out uh, exactly what uh, Charles uh, said uh, on on team radio uh, after, on, you know, after the race was over. It was full of expletives and he was obviously uh, upset with himself. Um, you know, like, I mean, well, I mean, this, this is nothing new. I mean, uh, you go back uh, last year, to the uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix of Baku City um, during qualifying, uh, Charles. He, you know, I mean, it, it's very difficult where they go around the back of the circuit, to just around where the castle is. You know, I think it's only something like three meters wide. I mean, it's literally like threading the eye of the needle. And uh, Charles just got that line a little bit uh, wrong going into that uh, that little uh, left and right hand uh, combo around the back of the uh, around the castle and uh, put it into the barrier. And uh, you know, he got on the radio and he's like, "I'm stupid. I'm stupid." And you know. He's very hard on himself and uh, very much uh, after he let that uh, that podium get away from him when he just uh, made that you know that uh, that overtaking maneuver on um, Sergio Perez in one of the last corners and then uh, you know he, he couldn't make it stick and the track being so greasy and slippery as it was gave uh, Sebastian Vettel the opportunity to take uh, third place you know he was uh, I mean it was it was great for, for for Sebastian obviously he, he benefited for, from a podium that, uh, that that he wasn't expecting um, but you know I mean uh, it, it's obviously frustrating and upsetting uh, for, for Charles anyways um, and, uh, Sebastian had some uh, something to say about that and uh, you know, just exactly uh, you know what, what maybe Charles could learn from that and, and uh, Sebastian Vettel had to say quote I think having Charles as a teammate I often see myself in him he's a lot younger he's very quick and I think uh, the fact that and I haven't had the chance to talk to him yet but i will tell him later that being on the podium or actually or or not uh, actually is a bit irrelevant uh, for him he has so many years ahead of him and so many podiums to come which i'm sure of it is right that he's angry he did a mistake and lost the podium that way but as i said in the big picture it is probably irrelevant for him end quote yeah i think that's true but uh, you know i i do agree with that to a certain uh point but i mean when you're racing for ferrari when you've had a taste of success success and uh you know charles obviously on on his day is a very good driver well i wouldn't say on his day i mean uh sunday is usually his day and i mean he's a very very quick uh, quick driver but i mean it's been frustrating because he's had some opportunities to get away from him and when i read sebastian's uh, comments about that uh it was maybe a bit irrelevant for him to beat himself off uh, up over one podium when there's going to be so many to come in the in the future i mean thing is Charles is such a young driver it's like saying the same thing when he had that uh, mechanical problem in uh, Bahrain last year when uh, when he was uh, winning 
And, uh, I mean, it was very, very, uh, frustrating. You, you could, uh, you, everybody, I think that day felt, uh, bitter and disappointed and upset that, uh, that, that Charles got robbed of that win through a mechanical fault on his, uh, his car. And if it wasn't for the, the, the two Renaults expiring when they did, Right on the very last lap there. I mean, uh, Charles wouldn't have even uh, finished on the podium. And of course, uh, you know, there was a lot of things uh, said at, uh, you know, some very similar things at the time that, uh, you know, as, as crushing and as disappointing as it is for Charles at this time. I mean, he's going to win a lot of races in the future. He's going to have a lot of podiums in the future. But, you know, of course, it doesn't change, you know, how you feel at the moment and and the frustration and the, and the disappointment. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, sort of a 50-50 thing. I, I agree with both of them, but uh, I, I think, um, you know, or, or Sebastian's comments there, but I think that just the fact that uh, this year uh, has, has been such a difficult year for Ferrari, not just for Sebastian, but also for Charles Leclerc, that regardless if uh, the, the sky's still the limit for, for Charles Leclerc in, in, in a difficult year like it is, you know, anything where you can uh, have something that uh, a result that is really maybe not just unexpected, but, uh, you know, well, I guess it would have been unexpected when you look at it. I mean, considering where they were to, to get on the podium is uh, what, what they've been aiming for and certainly would have been validation that they're heading in the right uh, direction. So definitely a, a tough pill for uh, Charles Leclerc uh, to swallow. All right. So just uh, sticking with uh, the, the theme of uh, young drivers, uh, Ross Braun, the uh, motorsport uh, director of uh, Formula One, uh, he believes that uh, Max Verstappen and uh, and Charles Leclerc, uh, they actually, uh, it was a little bit due to their inexperience in, in, in Formula One being, you know, fairly young guys in their early 20s that, uh, and, and that it was uh, the, the older, more experienced drivers that uh, that that did, did better in the race. Just the the, the fact that they've got uh, you know all that m- many more years of uh, experience in Formula One in some cases than uh, than Charles Leclerc and uh, and and Max Verstappen, who both uh, struggled. I mean, Max had a really big off there at one point when he was trying to uh, to, to pass uh, Sergio Perez, but uh, you know, still when he got that close, uh, and, and I mean, Max was flying. I mean, we all look forward to watching what Max Verstappen can do in in, in the wet weather, but. Uh, just watching how close he drew up the back of uh, Sergio Perez, it just uh, it just didn't look right. Just uh, he just had a feeling that something bad was uh, was going to happen. Of course, it, and Max uh, spun out. I mean, he was lucky. I mean, the the the, the most damage they did was actually flat spot his tires, but it was a, a difficult a difficult uh, race. Anyways, uh, Ross had uh, he did elaborate more on uh, this, and he had to say, "quote What we saw was the old guard demonstrating their experience, and the young pretenders showing that they have a bit more to learn. It was fascinating to watch Sebastian's performance this weekend. People are quick to write off any type of sportsman if they have had a quiet period. Sunday reminded us of his deep talent. He's a bit in the the shadow of Charles this year, and coming to the end of his uh, Ferrari uh, marriage is not easy. So I think the Turkish Grand Prix was a great day for him. He didn't put a foot wrong and was ready to pound." when an opportunity came up. In contrast, the younger drivers, such as Charles and Max, made mistakes. They wouldn't have experienced a race like this before. It was a real challenge to judge how the tires would uh, behave, how they would evolve, and anticipating where the tires would be in 10 or 20 laps time, and that's where the experience came in. 
but this will be another reference point in these young drivers data bank. Uh, if we did another race in Turkey tomorrow, I'm sure a lot of them would approach it differently, end quote. And that's, uh, that, that's very, very true. It wasn't just, uh, you know, racing the conditions, but also, uh, you know, the, the, just uh, how the car was going to behave in those conditions and the tires and everything like that. And certainly, I mean, if uh, you're a guy like uh, Sebastian Vettel that has, uh, you know, so much more experience in Formula One, years and years of uh, experience more than your teammates and uh, and a guy like uh, Max Verstappen, um, then, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that might uh, obviously have uh, played into uh, Sebastian's uh, advantage. But, I mean, as we were talking about in the previous uh, article uh, that, that we were just uh, discussing, that um, that uh, Sebastian, he did benefit from that mistake uh, from, from Charles Leclerc and uh, very much much like Ross says that if uh, they ran a, a similar the, the race in Turkey again in similar uh, circumstances that these young guys that uh, m- might have learned uh, a trick or two from uh, you know uh, from, from last weekend's uh, cra- you know crazy crazy chaotic race at uh, at the Istanbul uh, circuit and uh, would have uh, learned a lot so i guess that uh, you know the, as much as it um, it kind of for me this year it kind of has worked and it hasn't uh, just uh, running these back-to-back races at, uh, at some of the tracks like we've seen at Silverstone and the Red Bull Ring and stuff and I mean of course it, this year is a different year because of COVID and travel restrictions and health protocols and all that and I, I, I totally get it and I'm not going to be uh, you know sit here and act all spoiled and entitled about it because I mean uh, I'm very grateful that uh, that we had a season at all and uh, the, the fact that uh, not only did we have a season but we weren't weren't really off uh, that that much from the you know the the usual amount of races that we were supposed to get, uh, but I mean it uh, it it. It it has been interesting. I mean, we've seen a little bit of different uh, conditions uh, at, uh, at at the Red Bull ringing and then the beginning of July and Silverstone was uh, interesting. But uh, you know, from that point of view, I don't know. It uh, it would be kind of fun to watch it again. And if uh, it, it, w- it would, I think the difference though between you know, if it would say we had a back to back weekend in Turkey compared to uh, Austria or the uh, or, or Silverstone is the fact that the track the the the, the pavement uh, is so fresh at Istanbul is that uh, just because it was one way on on race weekend uh, that it may not have been uh, similar the week thereafter who knows maybe it would still be really really slick maybe not I mean there were a lot of things uh, going into it I mean the temperatures were really cold the rain the fact that uh, the, the the track had only been repaved and finished a couple of weeks or a week and a half uh, before race day all these different things that uh, went into it but uh, certainly one thing is uh, w- without doubt uh, like uh, Ross said is that uh, regardless of what, what happened, uh, that these young guys now have that benefit of um, having raced in a, in a situation like we saw at the Turkish Grand Prix, and next time around is going to be very, very different. Anyways, uh, time for another break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, 
it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Well, welcome back to the show and uh, sticking with some of the, uh, well, I think it's kind of sticking is an interesting uh, kind of uh, word to use. I mean, considering we're still talking about the Turkish Grand Prix and sticking to the track is uh, not something that, that uh, a lot of the guys uh, last weekend had much uh, success in doing, but uh, bad puns uh, notwithstanding, uh, it's a, apparently it was a damage front wing that, uh, uh, that caused Lance Stroll's significant and dramatic loss of pace at the Turkish Grand Prix uh, last weekend. I mean, that really was uh, very, very disappointing uh, to watch uh, Lance. Uh, I mean, he qualified on pole. He looked very good th- through two-thirds of the race. But when he went in for that second uh, set of uh, inters, I mean, the way that he just dropped back through the running order was just, uh, it, it was astonishing. Uh, it was uh, it was really something else. Um, anyways, uh, the, the Racing Point did issue a statement. Uh, I mean, uh, Lance, obviously, after the race, very frustrated and and rightfully so. Uh, anyways, uh, Racing Point had the following to say, quote, Lance complained of poor tire performance, significant understeer and graining from lap 17 onwards in the race. Pitting for a fresh set of intermediates on lap 36 failed to resolve the problem with graining becoming even more severe. One of the strakes on the underside of the front wing came loose and lodged itself in such a way that a blockage caused significant loss of front downforce. The resultant loss of front downforce contributed to an increased levels of graining. Data during the race confirmed that there was significant loss of front downforce, but with no uh, visible damage to the top side of the front wing combined with low grip uh, conditions, it was difficult to confirm whether the data was correct. It was only after the race when the cargo returned to the garage that the damage of blockage to the underside of the front wing, wing was discovered, end quote. Well, you know, I guess it's uh, from from one uh, stance, you know, it's good to know that uh, you know, what caused the 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 underseer problem would call it, caused the graining on the tires. But still, I mean, that's not going to make Lance feel that much uh, much better. I suppose if they knew what it was, that they they could have had the opportunity to uh, change the front wing during the race, put uh, put something on or put a new one on, and then give him the opportunity, give him that uh, in theory, give him the performance back that uh, that, that that he was lacking. But but, uh, you know, I guess it's like crying over sp- uh, spilt uh, milk now. I mean, there's, it's it, it, it's over. It's done with. I mean, Lance went from, uh, you know, basically from, uh, you know, standing on the stop tep- step of the podium to uh, almost finishing out of the points where he uh, finished down ninth in the end. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's great to know what the what the cause was, but that's not going to bring back that uh, that that victory for, for Lance Stroll. Anyways, uh, talking now about Lance's uh, teammate, uh, Sergio Perez, uh, he says that uh, that there was no team issue, or sorry, no team orders issued uh, during the the, the the Turkish Grand Prix. And, you know, that uh, it's, it's very interesting because, I mean, we'd expect to see maybe some team orders in teams like a Mercedes or Ferrari. I mean, we've uh, heard uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, been asked to move over. I mean, it, it happens from time to time in, in Formula One in certain circumstances, but certainly with, uh, with, with Racing Point, a team uh, that, that we don't expect to see at the front so but we've uh, seen them uh, do pretty good throughout uh, different races uh, this year uh, they were actually uh, it became a discussion uh, afterwards uh, anyways uh, Sergio had to say quote no we are in a very uh, tight fight for third in the constructors and that's what really matters to us so it was all about getting both cars as high as possible I think the lead car at the time was Lance and at the time we thought that uh, was best to, to stop that didn't work out for him but in the end we matched to score good points we outscored our competition and uh, there's still three very important 
important races for us in the championship. So there you go. End quotes. Uh, you know, and, and really, I mean, if you, you look at the constructors at championship now, Renault's kind of dropped out of that picture a little bit. Uh, I mean, they had a disappointing race uh, last weekend in, in, in Turkey. And I mean, there's only a couple of points now separating Racing Point uh, and McLaren. So that that's going to be a fun one. I mean, I've, I've been watching that uh, develop over the past uh, several races. And uh, what with three races left? I mean, uh, Renault aren't really out of it yet. But I mean... Um, it it may just sort of be the beginning of the end of their challenge to that uh, that that uh, third spot in the constructors uh, championship i mean obviously mercedes have won it uh, you know long ago several races ago and uh, red bull have kind of uh, had that locked up because they're in this weird kind of uh, netherworld i mean they're they're much better much quicker than teams like racing point and uh, and mclaren most of the time and then uh, you have uh, you know mercedes that just that much uh, more uh, you know uh, you know further ahead and uh, faster than they are so it really that third place in the constructors is the one to watch and Sergio absolutely spot on uh, that uh, you know it is all about uh, you know scoring as many points in the um, in the championship right now and it would be cool to see I mean it would be different uh, I mean I mean there's been a lot of discussion about this uh, pink Mercedes but I, I think that uh, discussion needs to be put to rest I mean uh, we Obviously, Lance had issues that uh, dropped him back. Uh, Perez finished uh, very well, finished uh, second. But uh, regardless, uh, I think maybe we can uh, put that uh, whole pink Mercedes uh, discussion to bed. Uh, I mean, uh, it was better than the, uh, the than the works Mercedes this past weekend in Istanbul in, in, in the rain. So, I mean, it's had its moments. Uh, I mean, they obviously, uh, they, they had uh, a lot of controversy that they faced. I mean, there was these legal challenges that were launched all the time. And I mean, they were snagged eventually on, uh, on, uh, on a technicality, not so much about the car itself, but the brake ducts uh, that uh, they thought they were all about these uh, you know listed parts and things like that but i think uh, we we can i i think this car it stands on its own uh, i mean it obviously draws heavy uh, from the, uh, the the mercedes w10 from last year but you know as uh, Omar Safran, our team principal said is that uh, you know they took a lot of steps backwards uh, before they started to get it figured out and got it uh, working properly and uh, certainly uh, it's uh, it's really showed its uh, potential from time to time uh, this year so uh, sergio perez's uh, you know competition if you want to call him that, uh, Nico Hulkenberg, of course, a uh, former former teammate at uh, well, I guess it would have been Force India at the time. So I mean, uh, Hulkenberg is one of these guys. I mean, he's uh, deputized a couple times uh, this year for Sergio Perez when he was uh, sick with uh, with COVID, and uh, his name has been uh, thrown out there for a, a possible uh, seat at Red Bull next year if uh, Alex Albon isn't uh, brought uh, brought back. If he can't, uh, you know, make a case to stay there over the uh, the, the next couple of races, then it's uh, very interesting. Of course, um, uh, Hulkenberg. I think he's a good driver. I think he deserves to be in Formula One. Be interesting to see what he could do in a legit car like. Uh, uh, like a Red Bull. Anyways, uh, the, the Hulk had to say, quote, of course, I hope for a good return in the future, but there's nothing else to report. It is very, very quiet at the moment. The reports have calmed down a bit, and I think it'll be a while before there's really any final clarity, end quote. So there you go. Uh, it, it, it is kind of, fine, kind of funny. I mean, the way that the season is uh, playing out, I mean, uh, it, it seemed like all the teams were kind of set, but then uh, you hear like Haas decided to part ways with Magnussen and uh, Grosjean. Uh, Mick Schumacher has been actually linked uh, with with one of those seats for next year. I mean, uh, Gunther Steiner actually said not so long ago that they might actually go with uh, with a couple of rookies, young young drivers next year. 
And then you got uh, guys like uh, Sergio Perez, who um, you know he's uh, found himself without a seat at uh, at uh, Racing Point uh, for for next year. His name has also been uh, thrown in there for Red Bull as well. And uh, Perez actually said that if he ends up having to leave F1 after this year, he says that he can uh, do so with, uh, with with a lot of pride, which I think actually is uh, is, is fair enough. Uh, anyways, um, uh, Sergio had to say, quote, that one is not in my hands. Uh, at, uh, at the moment, I'm just focusing on finishing on a high. If the opportunity comes, great. If not, I'm prepared to stop for a year, end quote. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the thing is, I mean, uh, he might uh, stick a uh, sit out for a year, but uh, not really a great time, you know, like uh, I, I know that other drivers have done it. It can't be easy, but uh, it's it certainly, I, I think it is interesting just the way that this uh, driver's market is uh, developing and uh, this Red Bull uh, situation with the Albon is certainly going to be interesting uh, to, to watch over the weeks and months ahead to, to see how he does over the, the next couple of races before the end of the year. And then also, uh, you know, what actually ends up with his status with the Red Bull if they decide to keep him after the, the this year or to bring somebody else in. And if they do, you know, is it going to be an older driver like a Hulkenberg or a Perez? Wait and see. Should be a, a fun one to watch. Anyways, uh, Danny Ricardo says that, uh, that 2020 has been the most enjoyable and fun season for for him in a, a good number of years. And uh, Ricardo, uh, he's had some uh, had some moments uh, for sure. I mean, he's been on the podium a couple of times and uh, he's been in the points uh, quite a few times. I mean, he's been, you know, I think he's had a very, very uh, good uh, season thus far. I mean, six in the uh, Drivers' Championship. So certainly a, a very, very good uh, year for him. Anyways, uh, Ricardo had to say, quote, I've probably had to look back on it uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, but I think so far, yes. I mean, my enjoyment is really high at the moment. I'm loving racing, and I think that was also heightened from the kind of lockdown and missing the competition for a longer offseason. So having it taken away, I think, made my desire to come back obviously a lot stronger. And yes, it's been cool, and you're probably right. 2016 was a really good year, I remember, with Red Bull. So this is probably the best, the most uh, satisfying since then, end quote. So there you go. Ricardo, uh, and of course, uh, Ricardo, I mean, he's had a, a good season with Renault, but I mean, he's winding that up a couple more races. He's going to be done there. And then it's uh, over to McLaren for, for, for 2021. And I find that kind of an interesting one. I mean, it almost seemed like he was so eager to jump away from, uh, from Red Bull a couple of years ago into the first uh, decent opportunity, first offer that he got. And, uh, well, it kind of seems, uh, just from, from my point of view, it seems a little bit uh, kind of too soon to jump away. I mean, uh, they're, they're going to be getting uh, Fernando Alonso uh, back here uh, next year at uh, Renault and then uh, Ricardo going over to McLaren. And uh, that one can only be judged in the future as uh, whether that was a good move, a bad move, or a, a lateral move. I mean, a, a, at the moment, I mean, they're fairly similar in where they are in the, uh, you know, in, in the running order in Formula One and whether or not uh, Renault has a big uh, leap forward this year into next year or McLaren that remains to to, to, to be seen but uh, Ricardo I think it was it was a, a gutsy call maybe a little bit misguided what he did leaving uh, Red Bull at the time but uh, you could see maybe why he would but I'm until this year I don't think he really established himself last year as the out and out uh, number one uh, driver I think uh, Hulkenberg uh, when he was his teammate last year acquitted himself uh, pretty good and uh, this year what with it being uh, uh, partnered up with uh, Esteban Alcon who had think is a talented driver but i mean still fairly fairly young and i mean he just sat out uh, for a year i mean he was reserve driver at mercedes 
last year uh, before he made the deal to go to Renault. I mean, uh, he's still he's still on the up and up. I mean, uh, I, I don't know really how good uh, Esteban Ocon is. I mean, he's uh, definitely had uh, some some good races. Uh, he's had some good showings in Formula One in his uh, brief time in the sport over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, but uh, Ricardo, I, I, th- I think this year, uh, you know, he, he clearly has been the better of the, the 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 two of them. But you know, interesting and good to hear that Ricardo's uh, enjoying his racing, and it's going to be fun to watch uh, what he can do at uh, McLaren next year. But sticking with Ricardo, he also said that uh, that these low grip uh, track surfaces uh, would feel like uh, what he calls robbery for for uh, for Formula One teams that are asked to build the fastest racing cars uh, in the world. And I mean, I think that's fine. I mean, uh, I know that uh, last week. Uh, you know, he, I mean, Danny Rick was talking about the very greasy uh, conditions that we had and slippery uh, track surface that we saw in Turkey last year. But to me, that's all part of Formula One. I mean, as great as it is to see them uh, race in, uh, you know, optimal conditions all the time, it it, it really is uh, refreshing to see them, uh, you know, have to race in adverse conditions like, uh, you know, rain or the, these uh, track conditions like we saw in Turkey because it didn't out and out rain all the time during the course of that weekend. But I mean, if the, these are the best uh, drivers in the, in the best cars in the world, then uh, you like to see that uh, that level of unpredictability uh, thrown in there. I mean, uh, occasionally have a, a race in the rain, I think uh, really does, uh, it adds something to, to Formula One because if these guys are the best, then uh, they should be the best uh, in all conditions. So I understand uh, Ricardo's uh, point of view there, but uh, certainly I don't uh, agree with that 100%. Uh, I like to see the, the, the way that it gets uh, changed up, the unpredictability and the chaos that you see in uh, sometimes in adverse uh, weather conditions. Anyways, uh, time for another break here on the Overtime Media Network. Uh, please don't go away. Hang in there. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. So sticking with uh, Renault, Esteban Alcon said that he made the best start of uh, 2020 so far at, uh, at at the Turkish Grand Prix this past weekend before it all went wrong and he spun out uh, in the opening uh, 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 first turn. I mean, that wasn't really his fault. I mean, he got hit by his uh, teammate, uh, Ricardo, but uh, Ricardo found himself in a bit of a, a difficult uh, situation uh, in, a, in a bit of a sandwich going into turn one. And uh, then uh, Esteban got bumped off of the track and it was unfortunate i mean uh he did have a, a, a very good start and uh he'd also been showing a little bit better in more recent races but it wasn't meant uh, to be anyways uh, esteban had to say quote uh unfortunately we got a flying start and that was a brilliant thing it was probably the best i've had in the year uh obviously i went to, to third i've had time to rewatch the video a little bit and it's just very unfortunate incident obviously in turn one lewis was on the inside of daniel and daniel opens the steering and then he touched me on the rear and that's what makes us spin. 
Uh, I got going again. I was still in pretty good shape, uh, but then I got hit by a Valtteri into turn nine, which uh, missed the breaking point again. So twice the same, but that time I had to pit because of the puncture, end quote. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously very, very disappointing. I mean, the, but that just is a Formula One. I still think that is amazing that uh, d- despite uh, the, the conditions that we had, and even though that uh, we, we saw that uh, Alcon spun, spun in the first corner, I mean, uh, Bottas did the same thing, despite he wasn't uh, actually touched uh, by any, uh, anyone else. It it was a very very uh, good uh, good start for him, but uh, I think uh, for for me, what was even more impressive is the fact that we saw a lap uh, that that had very little damage to it. I mean, just uh, considering that uh, you had so many cars going into that uh, you know that fairly sharp uh, left hander into turn one at uh, Turkey, that uh, that there were no major incidents, nobody crashed, nobody went into somebody else, nobody collected uh, you know one one of the other cars uh, beside them, and I think that uh, you know, was was very very impressive because I remember sitting there watching the. Start of the race thinking yeah i wonder if we're going to have the safety car come out uh, before we get through a couple of corners here but uh you know they did uh, really really good to, to to keep it clean and the the, the contact we saw like uh, between uh Akon and uh, ricardo was actually uh fairly small and it wasn't uh, really uh you know too major of a thing anyways kind of uh, going from esteban Akon to Lan- uh, lando norris uh, and lando says that uh he made the worst start of everyone's career ever in Turkey, in Turkey, I mean that's a a bit of a dramatic uh, overstatement. Uh, well, anyways, uh, Lando he got away from the line really, really bad. Uh, he had a bit of a uh, issue with the anti stall, and uh, he was almost at the, the the back of the running order before the first lap was even done. And then uh, he did uh, manage to to gain a couple of spots back uh, because Esteban Alco and uh, Valtteri Bottas just weren't having a great day and a good, didn't have a good start to to the race. Anyways, um, uh, uh, Lando would just say, quote, it ended well, it didn't start well. There was a complete contrast, I think, possibly the worst start of my career ever, probably the worst start of everyone's career ever. But every time we got into clean air and we had some nice gaps in the car ahead, the car came alive and we had really good pace, but it was just always difficult to, to put yourself in clean air with a nice gap. It was a bit of a patient game that we had to play all the way through. The overtakes were nice. I got lucky with Daniel Ricciardo and George Russell because it's so difficult to, to overtake you have to take some risks uh, because uh, there's one line you have to follow as soon as you go off the line you just lose the car it was tricky but I took the risks that I had to uh, fit in order to finish end quote so yeah I mean uh, <laughs> he did have a bad uh, a bad start but I thought that was a little bit uh, a little bit of a dramatic uh, overstatement uh, but it was a uh, it was a bit uh, humorous anyways um, uh, Carla Sainz who's uh, at McLaren for a couple more races is uh, obviously going to be going to Ferrari for next year says that the, the 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 cuts that they're going to see to winter testing is a really going to make uh, his move to Ferrari all that more uh, difficult. So uh, drivers that are actually changing uh, teams uh, during this offseason will have less uh, opportunities to, to to test and drive their new uh, cars because uh, they, there's only going to be one preseason test uh, for next year, and that's going to be limited to just three days. So, I mean, it's uh, it's gone back from eight days to six days uh, this year, and it's going to be cut again uh, because, well, I mean, for one thing, I mean, the, the, the cars are going to be very much uh, similar. I mean, they're going to be basically carried over from this year's car uh, because of the, you know, I mean, the regulations have been frozen. And uh, the uh, the the new cars that we and uh, new regs that we're going to see introduced next year have been delayed and uh, pushed back into 2022. I mean, uh, even without COVID, it was going to be a, a difficult, uh, a, a difficult thing for all the teams to uh 
<clears throat> to get uh, 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 to get sorted out in time for 2022. So, I mean, it really did make a lot of sense to carry this current formula over for at least uh, one more year. So, I mean, it is what it is uh, to a certain extent. I mean, uh, even though the cars are going to stay the same, I mean, uh, uh, Carlos is usually used to driving a, a McLaren and not a Ferrari. And uh, there's only so much. I mean, you can, you can do simulator work and things like that, of course. But there's really is no substitute for getting into that uh, that that car, getting out there, and uh, getting some uh, real uh, laps in. Anyways, uh, Carlos had to say, "quote As you can understand, a day and a half uh, to be prepared for a season without knowing previously the car is practically impossible to be prepared for the first race." Uh, that will make uh, my first half of the season at Ferrari very difficult. As for Fernando, Ricardo, and the other drivers who change of a team, I don't understand why it's only three days, so one and a half uh, days per driver. Um, I'm not in favor of it, especially as there are no tests during the season, end quote. Well, I mean, I guess uh, obviously, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be too excited about that. But I mean, at least he's not the only guy that's, uh, you know, having to deal with it. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, Carlos, it's just a reality and uh, you're gonna have to find a way around it. And it might, uh, might be difficult and it might not uh, be the way that, uh, you know, you want to start your career at Ferrari, but it's just the way that it is. I'm sorry, buddy. Anyways, uh, just sticking with uh, Carlos Sainz, uh, Andrea Seidel, the team principal at uh, McLaren, says that uh, you can see now why Ferrari uh, targeted him and uh, why they uh, were so keen to, to sign him to a contract for, for 2021. Anyways, uh, Seidel had to say, quote, a race like Turkey has just confirmed the qu- uh, quality that Carlos has. We know from previous races in the last years that he likes all these tricky conditions. He likes these uh, wet or mixed uh, conditions. We know that he's uh, performing well in these conditions and he has uh, this talent to to take the right approach in terms of risk and he manages to keep the car on the track while making uh, progress on the track and making the move stick like he did today and it's uh, simply a big benefit uh, also it helps if you have a driver that works uh, for some time already with his engineer and his engineering team because in conditions like today you have a lot of communication ongoing between the driver and the pit wall and there's also the experience Carlos has uh, because it's important to stay brief on the radio, calm, but also clear of uh, what's going out there on the track. So we can uh, match uh, this with the data we see on the pit wall and that makes uh, them uh, uh, help them make the right decisions at the right time, end quote. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that Carlos has uh, definitely shown some, uh, you know, some, some talent uh, over time. But I mean, going, you know, McLaren's a good team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they've, they've definitely uh, improved uh, quite a bit from where they were a couple of years ago. But uh, I mean, he's going to be going uh, to, uh, to 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 Ferrari. I mean, he's going to the big boys now, and uh, he's going to a, a whole different world of uh, pressure and uh, expectations and things like that. And I mean, he's certainly going to have his uh, work uh, cut out for them. I mean, the, 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 I guess one thing that's uh, saving him is uh, that the, the Ferrari themselves are not really expecting to be uh, competitive again until the new regs, uh, the new cars come out in twenty twenty two. So, I take it uh, for for what it's worth. All right. Uh, well, a couple more things just uh, before we uh, we wrap it up here. We're sort of just getting to the end of the show for this week. Um, Sebastian Vettel uh, said he has zero tolerance for the the crane incident uh, we saw in Turkey uh, during qualifying uh, last week. Uh, it uh, Q2 began with the crane still in front of the the, the crash barriers and was only being uh, protected uh, by a double waved uh, yellow in that uh, you know that uh, portion of the of, of the track, and you had the slippery conditions, and uh, obviously. 
obviously, I mean, uh, we all know what happened with uh, Jules Bianchi at uh, at Suzuka a couple of years ago. Anyways, uh, Seb had to say, quote, I think we're all humans and mistakes happen, uh, but this mistake has zero tolerance. I think we are all well aware, and I'm very confident that uh, this will not happen in the future again. But we will talk about this and disclose the reasons why. So despite uh, Sebastian's uh, concerns, uh, race director Michael Massey explained afterwards that uh, the, why it, why the, the the crane was out there and what uh, you know why the you know they didn't wait and why there was only double waved uh, yellows. Anyway, say so he felt that uh, they were getting all the uh, you know the the right information uh, off the track and uh, that helped them make uh, the, the the right uh, uh, decisions. Anyways, uh, Massey had to say, "quote It was quite close to the barrier opening and the crane was on the way. We were given assurances that it would be well and truly clear. And looking at everything, I was more than comfortable with the local assurances on that basis. With uh, the benefit of hindsight, uh, you would do something different. But based on it all and the available information at the time uh, and that uh, call that we." made end quote anyways uh, Massey did say that uh, the FAA would go and review what uh, what happens and uh, so to, to, to make sure that similar situations or other mistakes aren't made in in the in the future anyways uh, just a couple more uh, stories here one is uh, Mario Asola who's the um, uh, the boss of um, uh, Pirelli's Formula One tire team if you want to call them that he's uh, tested positive uh, for COVID-19 um, Formula One uh, issued a state Statement on money or Monday uh, after the other the Grand Prix weekend, uh, saying that uh, that the Esola had tested positive for COVID uh, after the, uh, the the race on Sunday. And uh, this uh, just came back as a, a positive result uh, during the the, the regular uh, COVID testing uh, schedule that they have. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, isolating. He was asymptomatic, uh, and he was going to adhere to the local uh, medical uh, protocols. And uh, everyone that he uh, came uh, in, into contact with uh, had been uh, retested, and uh, no further cases uh, were discovered. So let's just hope that uh, not only he makes a full recovery, he doesn't get any sicker or sick at all, but uh, that uh, nobody that he came into contact uh, gets sick. Uh, either. Now, just uh, a couple more things just before I wrap it up here. They're both uh, equally uh, interesting. So f- uh, Formula One is actually looking at uh, a rotating 24 race calendar that uh, they want to get to uh, in a couple of years. So uh, drivers and both team principals have uh, saying that uh, the 23 that we're going to have uh, is going to be a, a very, very tough target, uh, especially for a lot of the uh, the, the team members that have to, to, to travel. But anyways, uh, Chase Carey, the, uh, the CEO of Formula One said, quote, looking beyond 2021, we feel the great about the excitement from locations around the world in hosting Formula One. Many locations we raced at uh, this year expressed great interest in new races and other countries have stronger uh, than ever interest. We expect to move to a 24 race calendar in the next few years and we'll probably rotate a few races so we'll be able to accommodate a few new partners. But they will be uh, limited as long-term partnerships continue to be our priority. End quote. Well, you know, I think this is a kind of, I, I think this kind of works. I mean, we've seen some races kind of come in and out and disappear. We saw Malaysia disappear after being uh, on the Formula One schedule for a long time. I mean, we've seen the German uh, Grand Prix kind of float in and out. And uh, I, I know that uh, obviously they want uh, longer term partnerships, but um, I think there's something to be said and something to explore to maybe 
uh, rotate some of these different tracks in, like uh, they're they're saying on on uh, for, you know, for for different uh, different reasons. And I'd love to see some of these tracks that we've raced at uh, this year back on uh, on Formula One. Maybe it doesn't make sense to work or race in uh, in Germany or, or Turkey each and every year, but maybe it makes sense to r- race there every other year. So maybe you can find a way to accommodate that as well. You know, as a uh, you know bringing in some new ones. And you know they they they've hinted at this uh, before. You know, going back uh, quite a while now, ever since uh, they they took over Formula One, that uh, there's a lot of interested uh, parties out there. They said at one point, uh, and this is going back a couple of years, that uh, that there was something like 40 interested uh, venues or parties out there that wanted to hold uh, or host a Formula One race. I mean, uh, we we saw Vietnam come, uh, Sanford and the Dutch Grand Prix, which sadly was canceled. Uh, you know, there, there's there's been so many of them. You know, the the, the possibility of uh, racing, uh, having another Grand Prix in the USA and Miami, although that's uh, hit snags more due to uh, you know problems in in you know doing it properly and doing it right, and uh, you know uh, getting along uh, with the with, with the local residents and things like that. But I mean, the interest is out there. So I mean, I know just from a logistical uh, point of view, it'll be a very big uh, undertaking uh, for for Formula One for the teams and uh, everybody that uh, participates. But I, I think that uh, part of it is uh, uh, Formula One. I think Formula One is about uh, pushing limits, and uh, I certainly would not have any issues <laughs> with the twenty four race uh, schedule. I mean, that's basically fifty percent of the year, fifty percent of your weekends uh, out of an entire year sorted out. I mean, we're we're still pretty lucky to get as many as we do in the course of a regular year. But uh, I'm in favor of it. I'd like to see it happen. And uh, certainly I like this idea of uh, rotating circuits. So anyways, a final story of the night. Uh, Next year, Aston Martin and Mercedes are going to share the uh, safety car duties. And uh, this is a kind of a cool. So uh, anyways, uh, uh, Mercedes has been the the sole provider of the safety car since 1996. uh, And uh, they originally started out with a a Mercedes AMG C36. Although uh, nowadays they're using a Mercedes AMG GTR. And uh, I think it's kind of cool that uh, that they're going to be uh, splitting it up. I mean, uh, we're going to have 23 races next year. And, uh, well, I mean, uh, there is there is a little bit more of a connection uh, between the two. Um, there's, uh, you know, all these uh, shareholding uh, agreements and technical uh, cooperation and things like that. So uh, Mercedes has uh, increased its stakeholding in Aston Martin to 20% and uh, giving them access to a lot of their uh, technologies, including powertrain and electric and electronic uh, architecture and things like that. But, uh, yeah. Kind of cool to see. Anyways, uh, that is it for the show this week. Thank you so very much uh, for downloading and listening. We got, a, like I say, we got a couple more races left to go this year, uh, and very much uh, looking forward to, to to those. And then, well, hopefully the the, the off season goes uh, quick, and it won't be uh, too long uh, before we get back to uh, winter testing uh, in, in the new year. Anyways, if you want to get in touch, uh, by all means, uh, please do so. Best way is uh, to do so on Twitter at ScuderiaF1Pod or via email at uh, ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com. And that's it. That's a wrap. Take care. Have a great week. Talk to you guys again very, very soon. Bye for now. Ciao.